As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Wait till they get a load of me. I'm Spartacus! I'm Spartacus! I'm Batman. I am the father. I am Optimus Prime. My name is Bob. James Bob. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Here's Johnny! Some men just want to watch the world burn. I'm only human, Harry! Talking movies with Brian Lataki. And here we go. Here's Brian Lataki. You can do it! Hello, friends, and welcome to Talking Movies. I'm Brian Lataki, and today we are finally able to return to the Marvel Cinematic Universe with the first film in Phase 4 of the MCU, The Black Widow. You don't know everything about me. I've lived a lot of lives. Before I was an Avenger. Before I got this family. I made mistakes. Choosing what the world wants you to be and who you are one thing's for sure i'm done running from my past Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow, confronts the darker parts of her ledger when a dangerous conspiracy with ties to her past arises. Pursued by a force that will stop at nothing to bring her down, Natasha must deal with her history as a spy and the broken relationships left in her wake long before she became an Avenger. Written by the team of Eric Pearson, Jack Schaefer, and Ned Benson, and directed by Kate Shortland, Black Widow stars Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow, Florence Pugh as Yelena Belova, David Harbour as Alexi, Rachel Weisz as Alina and features Ray Winstone, William Hurt, and Olga Kurilenko. We did it, everyone. We are back in the MCU after two seemingly long years. This movie, which was one at the top of a lot of people's lists, released this past weekend getting the Disney Plus slash theatrical release treatment. So for around 30 bucks, you can watch it at home or go to the theater for potentially more if the theaters happen to be open where you live. A lot of MCU fans have been waiting impatiently for this movie as it tells the story of what happened with Black Widow following the events of Captain America Civil War. It promised us a villain that not only could keep up with Natasha, but can also perfectly mirror anyone's fight style that they see fight, either in person or in video. So we knew that we were getting a martial arts-packed film tied around the origin of one of the more secretive heroes we've watched recently, including, potentially, sort of, what happened in Budapest. And Marvel did exactly what we were all expecting and hoping for. There was a ton of fan service to the MCU fans, as well as way more from the comic fans, which we've always come to expect. We got top-notch CGI mixed with top-notch stunt performances that left me loudly saying, oh, that was cool, more than once. The acting itself was pretty good, but I've come to expect that from amazing actors like David Harbour, ScarJo, and Rachel Weisz. But the real star of this movie is Florence Pugh, who many fans are expecting to take on the mantle and film quotient of The Black Widow. Flo was amazing and stole the show anytime she popped up on screen, which is a tough ask considering the firepower that this movie had in it. The 133-minute runtime 
time did have some drags, unfortunately, and this movie seemed more like a checkbox for Marvel rather than their regular building block to the greater goal. Now, that said, if the plan is to replace the very much deceased Natasha Romanoff with the very much alive and even slightly more deadly Yelena Belova, then this movie did have its necessity in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If you're not a fan of the MCU or you want to catch this movie around someone that may not be, there is still a lot for a casual fan. The movie plays a lot like a female-led Bourne-type movie and has the same action intrigue and espionage of the Matt Damon-led franchise. Oh, and don't forget that we have ties that Jeremy Renner, who plays Hawkeye, starred in a Bourne movie of his own, which can only make me beg the question, is Jason Bourne in the MCU? Yes. Maybe. Probably not. I give Black Widow a B+. With the code red over, it is time to look your best for the summer heat. Hit up Nick at Swish Barbershop at 844 St. Mary's Road and book today by visiting boybarbernick.com. I've just been handed an urgent news story. Cannonball! Let's get into movie news you can use, and let's start it off in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. A trailer was released this past weekend for Marvel Studios' upcoming animated What If series that invites you to face and ask the question, what if the multiverse exploded, thereby changing significant events throughout the Marvel Universe forever? In this trailer, we see a number of our favorite characters, including Peggy Carter, and of course reprising his role as T'Challa, the final performance performance of Chadwick Boseman. Each character will be much different than the way we currently know them. The anthology, which is being directed by Brian Andrews with A.C. Bradley as the head writer, features voice appearances from many of the stars, including Haley Atwell, Karen Gillan, Chris Hemsworth, Samuel L. Jackson, Jeff Goldblum, Michael Douglas, Frank Grillo, Josh Brolin, Tom Hiddleston, and more. Marvel's What If begins on August 11th exclusively on Disney+. Marvel head Kevin Feige has confirmed that going forward, nobody will be offering massive long-term contracts to actors to appear in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Kevin Feige spoke with The Hollywood Reporter, where he said that the evolving state of the movie industry has shaped how actors now participate in the MCU. He said, quote, that got a lot of attention way back when, with I think Scarlett and Chris Hemsworth and Evans and Sam Jackson. It varies now. It varies project to project, cast to cast. Really, what we want are people that come in, are excited to be in the universe are excited at the opportunity to do more things as opposed to being locked into contractual obligations. For example, Samuel L. Jackson had signed on for nine Nick Fury appearances, Chris Evans had signed on for six as Captain America and did renegotiate that deal, but had still spent a good portion of his career as Steve Rogers, Sebastian Stan, who plays Bucky Barnes, agreed to seven appearances, Tom Holland only agreed to three standalone Spider-Man films plus several additional roles, and more. It is likely that we will now see more high-profile actors more willing to dip their toes into the MCU if there is no mandatory commitment to six, seven, eight, nine movies. That said, with so many spin-offs and sequels, it is likely that we will have a rotating set of actors pop in and out of each other's franchises. Speaking of returning actors, this past episode of Loki saw the return, sort of, of a villain we once saw previously. I will not consider this a spoiler because it doesn't add anything to the story, but while Loki is exploring his new grounds, we do get 
a glimpse of a large yellow jacket helmet who was the villain of the first Ant-Man movie. Darren Cross, who was played by Corey Stoll, was a former protege of Hank Pym and wound up taking over his company and creating a militarized version of the Ant-Man suit known as the Yellow Jacket. Earlier this year, Evangeline Lilly, who plays the Wasp, got fans wondering whether Corey Stoll might be returning his Yellow Jacket when she tagged Stoll in a since-deleted Instagram post of the upcoming sequel's script. While there has been no confirmation yet, we will find out when Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania releases February 17th of 2023. Thor Love and Thunder director Taika Waititi spoke with Empire and explained why Thor Love and Thunder is the craziest movie he's ever made. He said, quote, well, just between me and you and the readers, I've done some crazy shit in my life. I've lived like 10 lifetimes, but it's the craziest film I've ever done. If you wrote down all the elements of this film, it shouldn't make sense. It's almost like it shouldn't be made. If you walked into a room and said, I want this and this and this, who's in it? These people. What are you going to call it? Love and Thunder. I mean, you'd never work again. Maybe I won't after this. He went on to say that this film is very different from Ragnarok and that it'll be crazier and feature a lot more love and a lot more thunder. Chris Hemsworth did share the same sentiments in an Instagram post that he shared earlier this month, where he did say that the film is going to be batshit crazy, off the wall funny, and might also pull a heartstring or two. Either way, we will find out when Thor Love and Thunder hits theaters May 6th of 2022. And to close off our Marvel Cinematic Universe information, this may come as a shock, a thorn, or make you shed a tear. Robert Downey Jr., who has long played Tony Stark, aka Iron Man, I am Iron Man, has officially unfollowed every one of his Marvel Cinematic Universe co-stars on his verified Instagram account. Why am I sharing this information like it is actual news? Well, because it pissed a bunch of people off. Now that said, what I will tell you is that despite having more than 50 million followers, Downey Jr. only follows 43 people and none of them are actors. So, is this a final nail in the coffin of Tony Stark? Who knows? We will find out because Marvel is really good at keeping this secret and may have him pop up and reprise his role in the future. Okay, on to other projects. Greta Gerwig has officially signed on to direct the Barbie movie, that will star Margot Robbie as the iconic Mattel doll. Margot Robbie does know that this project comes with a lot of intense baggage. She did say, quote, it comes with a lot of exciting ways to attack it. People generally hear Barbie and think, I know what that movie is going to be. And then they hear that Greta Gerwig is writing and directing it. And they're like, oh, well, maybe I don't. Gerwig most famously wrote and directed the critically acclaimed Lady Bird, as well as the adaptation of Little Women. So this movie could range from anything to comedic genius to an enlightened powerful movie. Either way, as of right now, Barbie is set to release in theaters in 2023. And finally, following the passing of Richard Donner, it is likely that we have seen the end of the rumors of a Lethal Weapon 5 and a Goonies sequel. Donner had previously told the Daily Telegraph that Lethal Weapon 5 was going to be the final film in the series and that he would be the one to direct the sequel himself. While the project was in pre-production, it is unlikely that any will take over that project. As for the Goonies, a sequel was never originally officially greenlit, but was something that he had talked about with former star Corey Feldman on a number of occasions. With the passing of Richard Donner, it is unlikely we will see either of these projects even begin to materialize unless somebody wants to take on the project themselves as an homage. That's it for this episode of Talking Movies. Follow me on social media at Talking Movies PC. And as always, well, I doubt the god from space has to take ibuprofen after a fight. <laughs>